Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Senior Editor Mara Levinsky. Hi, everybody. So, Mara, what is happening at YR? I mean, we just reported that Michelle Morgan is leaving, and now Eileen Davidson reveals that she's going to. I mean, I feel like we're kind of a broken record at this point, right? Left to just sit here and remark at what a hole is going to be left on the canvas uh, of Genoa City with yet another major exit. Um, you know, I think Ashley is one of those characters that we've really seen revitalized in recent months. So the timing is is definitely unfortunate. Absolutely. And when I interviewed Mal Young when he took over as head writer, I asked who he felt needed more story. And she was actually the first name mm-hmm. he mentioned to me. And I feel like he really made good on that promise and that we've seen her a lot and we've seen her in story. So it's going to be really interesting to see what then Genoa City looks like without her. I know. I mean, obviously, she's coming off of having just won the lead actress prize, and that doesn't happen without storyline to give you the scenes that get you the votes, right? Right. Um, and as the Abbott family has been driving so much story, she's been in the thick of all of that with with not only you know the Alzheimer's storyline, but also everything that's been happening with Jack's paternity. So it's like preemptively sad for me to think we're not going to see Jack and Ashley scenes. We're not going to see Ashley and Tracy scenes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can't help but hope that this may open the door for her to return to days as Kristen or Susan or Kristen and Susan mm-hmm. or one of her other three roles that she played there, which I know would be a big coup in Salem. But speaking of days, in our current issue on sale now, we're reporting that Stephen Nichols has left the role of Steve. In fact, he's been gone since before the Emmys, so that is April. But he's still going to be on the air until September, most likely, because of days of shooting schedule. So kind of like what we heard about Michelle Morgan, the two parties couldn't agree on a new contract, so Stephen opted to leave. You know, I'm one of those people who became a Days fan uh, in the 1980s on the strength of the Stephen Kayla love story. So I'm really bummed to think that that romance or coupling is going to, if not come to an end, at least, you know, the pause button is going to be hit. And listen, I am someone who, like, loves... My couples. So I really understand, I think, uh, how many of the fans are feeling right now, both the Stephen Kayla fans and, of course, the Havan fans who are still reeling from uh, the news about Michelle. It's always just a really tough loss to suffer through when one of the members of like your couple leaves the show. Oh, absolutely. And also, I mean, as I predicted when we did our wedding 
special. Yes. <laughs> we did have some people who were upset that we did not include Stephen Kayla's wedding in our greatest weddings of all time. But spoiler alert, their 30th anniversary is coming up and there will certainly be something special in the magazine for that. Um, and also, you know, Stephen Kayla will continue to be featured in story through the summer. And they actually did have more planned for him that they had to retool and work out so that another character became more involved in what would have been Stephen Kayla's plot. So we'll have to see how that plays out, too. I just hope that Steve isn't presumed dead with another coffin switch like the one from 1990. I, I might have some residual post-traumatic stress disorder from the Kayla Shane romance that came out of that. Oh, my God. Me, too. I mean, that was really just a case of taking two terrific actors who worked so well with their longtime scene partners, but just did not click at all together. At all. <laughs> Never mind that Kayla was Kimberly's sister. You know, not not a year later when, when that went down, I was similarly scarred as a Santa Barbara fan when they put Cruz together with Kelly, who was played by Eileen Davidson at that point. Um, another case of, you know, siblings sharing a lover when, like, they were supposed to be a super couple with the sibling. Right. I mean, I get it. I get it's tempting for a writer that they're looking at the canvas. They're like, hey, let's mix it up here and see what sticks. But the problem is, especially in these cases, we're talking about iconic pairings, and you just cannot do that. It's so hard to accept one party moving on with a new character, but when you try to do it with someone who is already so established, like not only on the show, but within the same family or story, mm -hmm. it just does not work. Yeah. Now, that, that's not to say that these are the only kinds of pairings that fail or feel forced. You know, one of the things that I love about daytime television is the that its writers have the ability to see a spark between two actors or two characters on screen and respond to it and start to write toward it. And I think we have all seen so many examples of something special happening right before our eyes and the writers responding to it that when the chemistry between two actors does not seem to be what's <laughs> driving the pairing, it, it, I feel like, really becomes obvious to the audience. You know, it's funny because I think that's sort of the dilemma that Days faces with its shooting schedule. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when Tyler Christopher came on board as Stefan, you know, they kind of played him with all the women on the show. And I actually found that the scenes I liked the best in the beginning, and they were super brief, but were with Stefan and Chloe. And yet that was not a dynamic that was ever explored or even right. meant to be explored. And by the time they aired, the show was already five months in the can of taping and plotted, you know, far ahead of that. Mm -hmm. um, but he and Nadia Bjorlin really kind of sparked together, I thought, on the canvas. And so, you know, then it's too bad because it's too late. Like, you right. can't really go back and revisit that story, especially where everything's gone mm -hmm. in it with Stefan. Now, someone who has had chemistry with... Every woman who has crossed his path on screen is our guest today, Torsten Kay, B&B's Ridge. The man, that man, is a chemistry machine. Yes, he is. So let's get him on the line and talk about that. Hi, Torsten. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, well, thanks for having me. So we were just talking about your great track record with your on-screen pairings. Yeah. From One Life to All My Children to Port Charles and now Bold and Beautiful. So why do you think you've managed to be so successful in all of your couplings? I, I, I don't know that it has anything to do with me. I'm, I've been very lucky to be paired with beautiful, um, kind, forgiving women <laughs> over the years. And, and um, you know, these are professionals. They just have to deal with what they're, what they're dealt. And, and uh, they've all been nice. You know, Lynn and... and Alicia and Susan, of course, and now poor uh, KKL has to deal with me every day. 
Um, so what do you think chemistry comes from, and do you think it can be faked? Well, chemistry, as we all know, comes from a set. Uh, I, I got one from my daughter last week. She screwed up the kitchen. I'll show you that video someday. Um, I, don't, I don't know that it can be faked. It can't be faked for a long time. You know, you, you can probably get away with it in the movie or even the nighttime show, but I think on the soap, when you do this daily and, and some of it gets a little repetitious i think there has to be something else and and don't tell my wife this she's not gonna listen to this is she no um, <laughs> no i'll make sure she doesn't but but I, I think as an actor you have to fall in love with your leading lady even just a little bit uh and and then fall fall out of love when they cancel the show or when you know whatever that happens but i think you some of that has to be there has to be a reality to it well, you kind of well, took that to an extreme, Torsten. You married your first soap opera leading lady. I know. God, how lucky am I? She gets prettier every time, so I, I did okay there. I did all right. I think she is. Uh, she started drinking heavily, you know, once that kind of hit her. <laughs> this was it. But that, that's her. That's her podcast. Podcast, but I didn't. So I did hair and makeup for nothing, right? This is not something for nothing, and definitely disappointing to. Anyone listening to this that they don't get to see you as well? Yeah, no, I'm having a really good day today. (laughs) (laughs) We're sorry to miss it. Yeah, no, no, it's amazing. And so, Dorsen, wait, speaking of, you said Susan's getting prettier. You once said the loveliest thing to me about your current leading lady on The Bold and Beautiful, Catherine Kelly Lang. You said that she's one of those people who gets more beautiful the better you know her. I mean, what woman would not want that set of her? So tell me about, you know, a bit about working with Kelly and the dynamic that she brings to the environment at B&B. Well, and, and I need to just clarify that, that that wasn't a weird thing. I wasn't coming on to her. There's just something, maybe I was, but there's something <laughs> about that lady. She is, you know, you've, you've seen her. She's been on the show since day one, which is amazing uh, in itself. But she just, when you get to know her, she's just a kind human being. And... I mean, if I I don't I don't know what I've done for 31 years that I, I still enjoy and still have patience for, um, but she does. She shows up and she she knows everyone on the crew and she's kind to everyone and she doesn't bring her day with her. And she she has 15 or 16 different companies that she runs and she has this this thing now that she works on called Ride. It's her her line of uh, triathlon clothing. I'm probably screwing this up completely, but I think that's what it is. So all these things that she does, and, and she is uh, spread in so many different directions, but when you're on stage with her, she's there, she's solid, she knows her stuff, and, and uh, she's completely present. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, Ridge is in a very acrimonious situation <laughs> with Bill Spencer, um, but oh. you and Don Diamond, your scenes are so amazing to watch. Um, tell us about your working relationship with him. <sighs> Which one's Bill Spencer? He's the one. He's the one with that beard, right? Is that is that what he is? That's him. And that sword him. necklace, you know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> How sexy and the skyscraper that? building, the the model. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a whole weird thing going on with that building that <laughs> he he needs to figure out. Um, Don Diamond, you know what? Listen, it uh, it's hard when you have guys and you get to a certain age and you think you have to puff up your chest more and um, try to get through it. But it's not really like that between us. It is on camera. But he's, he's a good guy, you know, he's, um, 
he's a dad and he, uh, you know, he, he wants his character to be a certain way and I get that. And he's, he defends what he wants, but I'm reading this book right now, uh, called my seven sons and how we raised each other. And it kind of tells you a little bit about the guy behind the mask. And, and I would, I would encourage anyone to just pick that up and read it because it's fun and you learn some cool stuff about him, about people on Young and the Restless, which I didn't know. And, uh, it's it's a good read. Uh-huh. And, you know, I just wish... He's a good storyteller. I just wish you would bring some of that to the stage here. That's, that's my only problem. <laughs> um, now, you recently had another soap wedding with Ridge and Brooke tying the knot oh, again. Oh, God, every week. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we know those tend to be really long tape days. Uh, do you prefer being the groom or being a guest? Oh, being a guest for sure. Because you know the groom, and it's it's 10.30 at night, and you turn the page, and there's the thing that's all yellow because it's your words. And you can barely remember your name, and you got shoes that are too tight and and a tie, which is never fun. And um, no, always a guest. Also, the ceremony usually lasts longer than the wedding uh, itself or the relationship itself on this show. So <laughs> you're, you're sitting there thinking, this might be a real waste of time for everybody. <laughs> We're going to be annulled by Tuesday. Yeah, for sure. And what is, I got to ask that, what's an, what is an annulment? And how, how long do you have? Because they never want to deal with divorce on The Bold and the Beautiful. It's always an annulment, which means it didn't happen, right? Right. I think you either had to have not consummated the marriage what, what or went into an under false pretenses. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it go away like it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this goes away like it never happened. And even if it did happen, it seems to go away, right? We're, <laughs> we're in scenes sometimes. You look around, you're going, wow, Brooke, you've been married and had sex with everyone here. <laughs> and no one even looks at each other in a, in a way, you know, where they kind of want to share some information. Mm-hmm. I don't get well, That's the small cast of a half-hour show. Exactly. I, I guess so. Everyone's very close to each other on B&B. Yeah. <laughs> you just, there just like wouldn't have been enough time for everyone on All My Children to marry each other and have their marriage as an old, much bigger cast. They, they, I don't know. They had a pretty long run. Um, and I think Brooke's been married to the same guy seven times, so it's, there's plenty of time without repeating stuff. I mean, on All My Children. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wait, so Torsten, I want to go back to 1995 when you first tested for ABC Daytime. Yeah. Did you have any idea what you were getting yourself into? I, I still don't know. I, you know what? <laughs> I remember being going to New York, and a friend of mine has a bar, Prohibition. Uh, you know Richie, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, up on 84th and Columbus, and they they serve liquor there. Mm. Uh, on a regular basis. So I was there the night before uh, whatever that audition was that I had, and I may have been overserved. <laughs> and I walked in, and I was so hungover, and I was, well, this isn't going to happen. But I guess for some reason, which I, 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 I don't know why any of this happened, uh, but I'm glad it did, because I got to meet Susan and Bob Woods, and just some really cool people in one life that, you know, I still, when I have to talk to my wife, she'll be upset. But I talked to Woods <laughs> yesterday. Uh, just some really good friends. How's Bob Woods uh, doing? Woods is doing good. Man. He's, he's living up in the country and, you know, working on his property. He's got a little tractor that he's running around. And this is something, he's going, Toasty, I don't want, you know, I'm retired. I don't want to do anything else. And I'm not sure that he is. I think Woods is not done. I, I, and anyone listening who's, who's looking for 
that guy, uh, give him another job because I, I love watching. I don't know about you guys, but I love watching Woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Sexy guy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just saw him, actually. Uh, a party. Yeah, a party in New York about a month or so ago. He looked terrific, mm-hmm. and so did Loida, and they were really wonderful. No, it was great people. to catch up. What, what party did you go to? Uh, Linda Dano's birthday party. I'm going to go for my email. I'm sure she invited me to that. <laughs> it was a surprise <laughs> sure party. She, she didn't even know. Oh, that's yeah, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised not. Was it to surprise me? <laughs> surprise, Linda, you're not invited. She, she's probably half hour from my house. Linda. Actually, I think she is probably half an hour from your house. It was in the city. But I will remind her of that at Christmas because she does a great Christmas party and you should go. With I know. No, you know, I'm only kidding. She, she, uh, okay. she invites me to a lot of things and, and I'm either on a plane or too tired to get in the car. <laughs> Um, so Torsten, I want to know, uh, can you, given, given everything we've just discussed, the people that came into your life from your wife to your dear friend, Bob, and not to mention all of the years of employment and the different shows, like, can you even begin to speculate what you think your life would have looked like had you not taken that job on One Life to Live? I thought you were going to ask me, can you speculate where all the money went? (laughs) That's my next question. Oh yeah, no, there's no answer to that. Um, I don't. I don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, there's always a path, you know. And this is this. This wasn't my plan. And you know, it's it's when you watch those reality shows, you you see The Voice or or um, AGT, and when you these they interview these kids or these people, and they say, "Oh my God, this is my dream. This is this is what I've always wanted." Uh, first of all, I think that's bullshit. Second of all, um, this is not what my dream was. I don't know what my dream was. I was, I was, you know, gonna play hockey for Detroit, which, that, yeah, that was a dream. God, dream for everybody. But um, it, this just kind of worked out the way they did. I, I, the way the way it did. I, I wish I could have done other things along the way as well. You know, it's, um, a little more theater, and I know, I'm not answering this the right way. Uh, I, I, the, the right answer is I'm so blessed and so grateful to have been employed for so many years, right? Is that it? That's the PC answer, right. of course. Yeah. Right. No, it's a, you know, and Woods always called them golden handcuffs because, and I know this is about the show and it's a soap magazine, I get all that, but but it is um, a little repetitive at times. And, and sometimes you, you want to have a script that has a beginning, a middle, and an end where you actually get to do what you learn to do in, in school, whereas... You get to manipulate an audience and you know exactly where you're going and you know when this is over, you get to do it again the next day and, and have a different approach maybe and try to figure out the best way to tell that story. And here on daytime, you tell a similar story in a similar way, but it's it's continuous and you, you don't get to go to the beginning and fall in love for the first time with this lady and... Um, you know what I mean. I, don't get me mm-hmm. started. In, it's only a half hour. Well, Torsten, because you have been on four different shows, you have been known to daytime audiences as four different characters, Patrick Thornhart, Ian Thornhart, Zack Slater, and now Ridge Forrester. I need to know, which of these do you think is the very best soap name? The very best soap name? I mean, mm-hmm. listen, Zack Slater's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Because um, it sounds like a wrestler or something, right? <laughs> My Patrick Thornhart, and you know what? And I, I 
think this came came about, and because uh, they always kind of ask you, other than you know, what do you want your name to be on Bull and the Beautiful? I think that's been established, but uh, they always kind of asked me what they thought would be a cool name, um, and they never took my suggestions. You know, <laughs> like Bambi was one, but they just didn't. But um, I think Patrick Thornhart is a cool name, and it came out of. Susie Betzel Horgan, who was the um, executive producer at the time, her husband's name is Patrick. And Braveheart was the big movie around that time. So I think it kind of came from there because they wanted this poet and this, um, you know, Renaissance guy that, you know, wants to be a lover and a fighter and all that stuff. So I think it came from there. And so I got to give props to them coming up with that name. Also, my favorite storyline, I think. Uh-huh. Pretty darn good one. Darn good one. I mean, um, listen, whenever you have Yates and Shakespeare and something, it elevates things a little bit. A little bit different also. Now, on the related note of all your different characters, um, on what show have you had the best dressing room? Huh. Well, I'm sitting in my dressing room right now, and there's not much in it, and I'll tell you all about that, but it's right on the stage, which is great because you can just walk out. See, they're calling me now. Um because you can walk out and you're right on the stage, so that's good. But when you're watching the World Cup, like what I'm doing right now, it's bad because they keep coming in and they say you got to turn this shit down. <laughs> so there's good and bad in that. So I think my favorite dressing room was probably all my children because it had all my hockey stuff in it. I went, I went deep on that one. I don't even know why, but I started decorating like I'm going to stay there forever, um, which I, I, I wish I had. Uh, one Life was cool. I, have, I had Clint Ritchie as a roommate, which was interesting because he didn't... And they're small. You've, you've both seen those dressing rooms. Yeah. And there was two of us in the small room, and Clint thought it was a good idea to chain smoke in there. <laughs> and I think it might be partly because I told him not to, which, you know, an old cowboy, you don't ever tell him no because, you know, they're like five-year-olds. They just do whatever they want. Um, but that, I, I liked hanging out with him, but I think All My Children was the best one for me. I, I remember spending many happy afternoons chatting with you in there, and it was beautifully appointed. It was beautifully appointed. And you know what? It was actually in the New York Times. They did an article on it. Really? Because of all your hockey gear? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <Cool>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so is Clint the only person you've ever shared a dressing room with? Yes. Because now I'm a huge star. I don't share with anybody. <laughs> of course. I actually don't usually take phone calls. It's the only, this is the first time this phone rang. <laughs> <laughs> We're very honored. No, you you are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And by the way, when Torsten picked up the phone, he said, hello, you've reached Torsten K. Press one for merchandise. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't me. That's, I mean, that's just, this is a business, Mara. This is a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was uh, someone else. Yes, you're a, you're a corporate wizard. Yes, that she is. Um, and now, who do you keep in touch with from your past shows, besides Bob? Uh, I, I wish I wish more people. Um, I think about Cameron quite a bit. You know, Cameron Matheson from from All My Children. He showed up here a couple of times because he's, you know, he does everything. He's on was it Good Morning America, whatever he is. I don't know what he's on, but you know, he's always on TV. And he came by a couple of times when he was doing something at CBS. Uh, I miss him. He's just a good guy. But it's tough to stay in touch with people, you know. It's just not not enough time. But I, like I said, I talked to Woods yesterday or the day before. I talked to Alicia quite a bit. I don't think I talked to anyone from Port Charles. Not, not, you know, not 
not because I choose not to, it just didn't, it just doesn't happen. And I talk to Susan quite a bit because, you know, she raises my kids. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, speaking of your daughters, Mara and I both know what a devoted father you are. Uh, How would you describe your relationship with them and what are their personalities like? The relationship question you get asked them because I think it's brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> and I think we love each other all the time. And I don't know when my 15-year-old learned how to roll her eyes like that, but that was overnight <laughs> stuff. She didn't get that from me. I, listen, and I was just reading something. It was so sad. You know, it was where someone said, you only have your kids for a little while. You're only borrowing them. And then you have to give them back to who they are and let them live their own lives. And it just made me sad because it goes so fast. Um, I just remember having these little guys and, and they're they're getting to be much older and, and, and they're wise and they get their grades yesterday. Uh, report cards that I, I, I couldn't even dream of having a report card like that. They're, they're smart, so i got to thank Susan for bringing that into the relationship. <laughs> um, but they're just, they're really, they're good kids. And so that's, that's I think the relationship we, had, relationship we have is solid. I hope it is. And they're very different. Marlo is a huge pain in the ass because she, she knows exactly what she wants. And, and McKenna is, she knows what she wants too, but she wants to please people more. Marlo doesn't care. So I, so I think that Marlo is more like Susan and, and McKenna is more concerned about other people like I am. Or maybe I got that backwards. Hang on, let me see. Maybe I did. I don't know. Now, I know that you do not relish the time that you spend away from them commuting. Um, but I am curious to know, I know you ran into Cassie DePaiva on at least one flight. Uh, yeah. Have you ever bumped into any other actors that you know? And do you ever encounter fans when you're flying back and forth? If, if you're a big deal like I am, mm-hmm. you try not to talk to other actors because mm-hmm. it kind of takes away from what your you're mystique? trying to do in the airport. <laughs> well, just what, you know, what, the, what, you, what you're creating in the airport atmosphere. No, I don't, I don't, I, I saw Cassie, um, I'm trying to think who else I saw. I don't think anybody, and I think partly because a lot of people fly out of Burbank, and I used to fly out of Burbank, but there's better flights out of LAX, and this is information that is so boring to anybody else. <laughs> but I think most actors, because of where the shows are in Los Angeles, fly out of Burbank. I fly out of LAX. Um, so I haven't, that's not interesting at all, but I, I haven't run into to anyone uh, worth mentioning. But Cassie, I love, and I, and I, sh- I should have said something about her relationship, uh, the relationship that we had on, on One Life to Live, because she, again, is is a super talented, kind woman. I know she's been dealt some some tough cards, and, and I just hope she's doing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, speaking of ladies in your life that you've worked with, um, we have some questions from some oh. of them. Not about, like, kissing and stuff, right? No, not about kissing. Okay. Um, so the first is from Fanola Hughes. Uh-oh. She wants to know, why on earth is there a silent H in your name? It's so confusing, and I am of your people, she says. All right. How do you spell Hughes? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell her that before she starts making accusations. I love Fanola. And I need to say this. We're trying to uh, put this movie together that she's going to direct. And I never really knew Fanola. I had lunch with her once at Disney, which I know she doesn't remember. I was sitting there at, at um, what, is it, what is that called? Downtown Disney? It's called something else now. And had a real nice conversation about England and, and about staying alive. You remember that movie, right? She was so hot in that thing. So hot. Oh, sure. um, and just about her and, 
And I didn't know that she was a director, but she is, and she's fantastic. We're, we shot this. We went up to Santa Barbara. What's before that? Carpinteria. And shot something at Susan Flannery's house, who asked me about her later. And she directed this little teaser for this movie we're trying to do in Italy. And she's amazing. She's really cool, and she's good people. And tell her to not question my name anymore just to learn how to say it. Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> There's two silent ages in that name. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, this next question comes from Ms. Alicia Minshew. Now, it might not surprise you to hear I'm going to make it a little more G-rated than it, than it came to me from her. But <laughs> really? Her question was basically, does it, does it bother you? That her mother finds you attractive? Um, strange question, but <laughs> it bothers me a lot because the only people that find me attractive are mothers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're in the airport and you're thinking, okay, here it is. This beautiful woman comes up and you're thinking, yeah, of course, you, you, know, you want to take a picture with this. I don't blame you. <laughs> and she goes, oh, my mom thinks you're great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what happened there? <laughs> somewhere, I got so old somewhere, and it happened overnight, where you still think you're you're the man, you know, and you're wearing tight t-shirts, and you're thinking you're cool, and then you catch your reflection in the bathroom mirror, and like, holy shit, this ship sailed a long time ago. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm not surprised by it. It's only mothers that like me. All right, well, there's... The, and, there's and some little kids. There's a part two that implies that you've still got it somewhat, Torsten, and the part two from Alicia <laughs> is... What is it like to be so pretty? How does he deal with it? It's hard. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's the cross I'm dealt. No, Jesus. The good thing about me, if there is a good thing, is that I was never pretty. So that's not something that you can see fading. Um, it, it just gets, you know, when people talk to me, they say, oh, you just, you're so ruggedly handsome, which just means that you're, you're, Fat and wrinkly, right? That's why <laughs> that means ruggedly handsome. But Alicia is great. When you talk about looks, that woman hasn't changed one bit. I know the last time you saw her, but she looks exactly the same. And I hate her for it. It's very true. And, and, and I really do. I'm sure people, some people know this, but your friend Richie, who you referenced earlier as owning yes. the bar, you introduced him to his wife, who is Alicia Minchu. I, I sure did. And he loves me and curses me for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, our next question comes from Michelle Stafford. Hi, let me ask you something. This is the first time that you guys came up with questions from people that I actually know and like. So this oh. is good. Go ahead. Well, we want to make it a little fun for you. you can usually, usually, it's, that. usually it's, you know... Patricia from Wyoming wants to know why you gained so much weight. <laughs> At least now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can guess the subject of her question. She would like to know, do you think that the Detroit Red Wings will be in the Stanley Cup Finals next year or ever again in hockey history? So this, this is funny coming from... Uh, a bandwagon fan like Michelle who <laughs> is still limping because, you know, the Kings were getting good and she jumped on that bandwagon. So I'm not, um, yes, uh, next year, no, uh, neither will the Kings, but I think eventually, a, uh, a team like the Red Wings, yes, they will be back. We have 11 of them. You have two. So calm down. <laughs> um, this next question comes from Mara Levinsky from Soap Opera Digest. Um, I Torsten, her. I am dying to know, do you still remember 
Brown Penny, the Yeats poem you so frequently recited on One Life to Live that I lived for back in the day. Did you like that? You like Yeats or you just like that one? I just like that one. I wish for them too young and I'm old enough. That's that one? the one. That's the one. Yeah. The one. Well, we're not, listen, I'm already boring people. Let's not get into Yates right now. You're going to lose everybody. <laughs> Can I just get like a, like a brown penny, brown penny? Just, just, just one. Ah, brown penny, brown penny, brown penny. I'm looped in the loops over here. <sighs> Thank you so much. You made my He week. remembers. He remembers. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> hey, let me say something real quick. Susan Flannery. Yes, who I've only say, tell us about her. Yeah, why well, I I only met her once many many years ago uh, at the Emmys with a gentleman called Ron Moss, and we uh, we had a nice conversation outside the Emmys, and I thought what a cool lady. Maybe one day I'll get to work with her. And Ron was real nice too, and I didn't know that he was gonna change his mind about what he was doing, and they were gonna, you know, for whatever reason, ask me to do this here. Um, and I didn't get to work with Susan because she had left. I think maybe a year or two before. But I got to when I was with Fanola and everybody and Kelly, we were up, like I said, in Carpinteria, and we got to shoot at her house, which is amazing. And then she had dinner for us. And wow. what a cool lady. I mean, she's a ball buster for sure, but I would love to have her here. And I know she's probably rolling her eyes right now if she listens to this, which she probably won't. But I think that would have been a cool combination working with that woman. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. Anyway, I, I think she's pretty neat, and um, she doesn't take shit from anybody, so I, I enjoy that. You're kind of girl. She sure is. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. This All was right. so much fun. That's it? You got nothing else? No dirt? We can go on, we can go on for quite a while. But... Dude, Ingo Rademacher is here. <laughs> but he's not here with me. <laughs> but I got to tell you, I was worried about that dude coming because I never really knew him. I just saw him, you know, with sunglasses walking onto the GH set. <laughs> but I got to tell you, he's a good guy, and he's he's a good thorn. And I'm 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 sorry for, you know, the thorn before him. I mean, that's part of the business, and that sucks. But he's a fun guy, and I, I enjoy hanging out with him. And I didn't yeah. think that. I thought I was going to hate him, and I may still, but but not right now. He's all right with me. Yeah, I uh, I did his first interview. Back in 1995. Well, I don't know that he knew you then. 95? He must, he must have known me. Please. <laughs> Come on. I don't remember him mentioning you. Uh, I remember he was always a good guy. I'm sure he watched you do Brown Penny, Torsten. Um, I'm sure he tried to memorize it. I'm sure that didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <gasps> well, we'd love to have you back soon. Let's do it. I enjoy this. And thanks for asking friends of mine for questions that's really smart and really cool and I enjoyed that too I'm glad oh, you good. like that oh I love you guys we'll talk later alright we you love too. you alright talk soon okay bye. bye thank you for joining us thank you to Torsten for being our guest be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast <laughs>